Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for the Chiefs Kingdom Show, live with the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, and Chiefs head coach, Andy Reid. It's presented by Bad Boy Moors, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is bad boy country. Mo with an attitude. And by High V. The world's best tailgating begins at High V. Proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. In case you missed the news, Josh Klingler is the Chiefs' newest sideline reporter. And since we can't hang out with 70,000 of our closest friends this fall, there's only one guy who can bring you what you missed from inside the stadium on Monday mornings, and that's Kling. Weekdays starting at 6. Make sure to tune in to Fesco in the Morning for inside access to the Chiefs' sidelines like you've never heard before on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Here is the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis. And good evening, everybody, and welcome as we open the doors to the Chiefs' kingdom in our Get Ready for the Playoffs Monday evening edition of our Chiefs' kingdom radio show. Now, normally, we would be in front of hundreds of fans at a Hy-Vee Market Grill somewhere in the Kansas City area to start our two-week fire-up to get ready for the playoffs. As you know, the Chiefs are the number one seed in the AFC and will not know their divisional round playoff opponent until maybe as late as Sunday night. The Chiefs get the bye this week, a hard-earned bye. And we in the Chiefs' kingdom uh, will be watching intently both Saturday and Sunday as the other six teams in the AFC duke it out. Now, normally we'd be getting fired up on this Monday night, but we know our 2020 world may be full of Chiefs' victories in a 14-2 and historic regular season. But the rest of the world we know is anything but normal, and some days are way more abnormal than others. But as we have all season... We want to keep the energy and spirit of the Chiefs' kingdom going. And tonight, we don't have Lucy or Ethel, but we do want to say hello to our winner tonight, Brenda Richardson from Kansas City, Missouri, is tonight's High V Private Chiefs' Kingdom Watch Party winner. She is joining us tonight uh, via a Zoom call. Brenda has received a Zarda barbecue meal sent to her house, catered, uh, catered by High V, for her and nine of her socially distanced friends. And Brenda will also receive an autographed 8 by 10 photo of a Chiefs player. Now, you too can win. You can be just like Brenda and join us on our own private Zoom uh, Chiefs Kingdom Watch Party. Just register at your local Hy-Vee or check out your local Hy-Vee Facebook page uh, to register. Also, we love to remind you on these Chiefs Kingdom nights because the day or night after a Chiefs game 
you can score the savings. Just shop Hy-Vee the day or night after a game and score fuel saver discounts equal to the number of points the Chiefs scored the day before. And also add to that the amount that you spend. Yesterday, late last night, or late yesterday afternoon and early in the evening, the Chiefs had 21 points in their last regular season game. So cheer on the Chiefs and watch your fuel discount grow with every point the Chiefs score. This discount offer with qualifying purchase, only fuel savings limited to 20 gallons. Some restrictions apply. So see store for details. Now, even though we're not in front of our live, raucous audience, we've got a great show planned for you tonight. In just a few minutes, I will talk with head coach Andy Reid, and our discussion will touch briefly on yesterday's game against the Chargers to close out the regular season, and how in some ways that game yesterday can actually affect the playoffs. But you're also going to want to hear in this discussion, because I'm going to ask him about the approach for the Chiefs in the next 3-5 to five to 9-13 to 13 days. And Coach gets relaxed, and he's also very transparent in these Chiefs Kingdom interviews. Now, the Chiefs getting ready for this divisional playoff game at Arrowhead. We, it's going to either be the 4, 5, 6, or 7 seed. We won't know until the games have been played. But this week, it's also a must-listen. In the next several minutes on Coach Andy Reid's approach with what I call, and it's my words, the Andy Reid Coaching Academy. It's how... He not only builds players within this program, he also develops coaches and leaders, and sometimes in the most subtle of ways. Let's just put it this way. There are 14 teams in the NFL playoffs. Five are led by graduates of this pseudo Andy Reid Coaching and Leadership Academy. There's not only Andy Reid himself, but think about this. Sean McDermott of Buffalo, the two-seed, is a longtime assistant for Coach Reid in Philadelphia. The same with John Harbaugh in Baltimore, the five seed. He was coach's special teams coach in Baltimore for years before getting the head coaching job of the Ravens. Then there's the amazing story of Ron Rivera, the Washington football team. Alex Smith and Coach Rivera got it done last night. They won the NFC East. They're in the playoffs as the four seed, albeit with a 7-9 and nine record. But there have been very few stories more courageous in this league this year than Ron Rivera battling cancer, battling adversity as the head coach of the Washington football team. Ron Rivera, too, a longtime assistant for head coach Andy Reid. And how about the resilient Matt Nagy, former offensive coordinator for the Chiefs. He was with coach in Philadelphia and Kansas City, and he got the Bears into the playoffs in the NFC after thinking there was no chance for Chicago to make the postseason just three or four weeks ago. And then there's the general manager of the Indianapolis Colts, the brilliant Chris Ballard. For years was with Coach here in Kansas City as an assistant GM and now leads the Colts into the playoffs as the seventh seed. All of those guys, trained by Coach Reed. It's also why Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs' popular offensive coordinator, is interviewing for almost all of the five open head coaching jobs open tonight in the National Football League. Now, after we talk to Coach about yesterday's game, how do you get ready for the playoffs, and this really one of the more amazing stories, uh, undertold stories of Coach Reed is this coaching academy that he's got, we will also chat with Pro Football Hall of Fame place kicker Jan Stenerud on winning Super Bowl four and then trying to defend that title the following year. Enjoy the next hour, Chiefs Kingdom, because we'll have Coach Reed next on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. 
Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. And here, quarterback Thompson gets the hand. They fake it to him. They throw for the end zone. Caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Byron Pringle on the quick slant off a great play action fake. And the Chiefs with 11-19 to go in the first quarter get a Pringle touchdown. Welcome back to our Chiefs Kingdom show tonight as the Chiefs now get ready for the playoffs. And with us, the uh, head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, 14-2, a record-setting regular season, and now getting ready for the postseason. And uh, good evening, Coach. And um, interesting day yesterday. I actually was excited and fun to watch that game. Yeah, it was, uh, it was different. Um, you know, it, it uh, wasn't the end result. We, wanted, we went in saying we wanted to win the football game, and um, it didn't work out that way. But it was great to get the young guys in there and some of the older guys that need to just knock the rust off a little bit and get some playing time in. Uh, Chad Henney, did a, I thought, did a nice job. Pringles, uh, uh, Ward at, at defensive end. I mean, some of these kids, man, and they just they, they showed. Uh, D. Rob had a great day, and um, it was good to get the termite a couple reps in there, running back. And uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, the the kid that hurt his knee, Bay Keep. Yeah, or hers, hers. Uh, he broke his femur, is what he did. Uh, yeah. And he's up walking on this thing. I'm not walking, but he's weight bearing on it right now. I mean, he's in the training room, which is ridiculous. So, but that that um, th- these guys to have an opportunity to play. Uh, Bo Pete. I mean, I, I, it keeps going on. The list goes on. Harris, middle linebacker, and so on. So, it was great to get him in there. But coach, that's why I was fired up. I mean, that's a 14-14 game at 151 to go in the second quarter. I mean, that was yeah. on. It was right there. And things got a little crazy there at the end of the half. But I want to ask you about the offensive line uh, in specific. And you, uh, Durant is an interesting kid, the rookie out of Mizzou, who had played tackle out of emergency. Uh, and some good snaps early when he, you called on him. You moved him to guard. Then Rankin, who had played guard a year ago, you moved him to tackle. What about those experiments and what you saw from those two young guys? Yeah, listen, great experience for him. Um, both those two uh, ranks coming back off an injury, so that's a uh, you know that's a little challenging. But you know our, our our Mizzou guy, man, holy Toledo! I mean, for him to get that experience, I mean, as a rookie, and he's really Durant's done a very. I mean, he's done a very nice job throughout to where we've played. He's played both tackle and guard for us, and uh, smart kid and uh, loves to play. So. Very quiet, but very big, and a good football player. So he might not be the best interview, but he's a <laughs> he's a he's a, he's a good football player to have. But when you look at your guys, I noticed this in 2013. You ask your lineman to move for Durant as you project him. Not saying you're going to make a decision right away, but when you, let's take Durant out of it. Anybody, what constitutes a guard that you have to have, and what constitutes a tackle you have to have, whether it's right or left. Well, guard, you just remember as a guard, um, these defense players can go three directions on you, straight ahead, inside or outside. So uh, you've got body on both sides of you. So your your phone booth is a little bit smaller that you're playing in. When you get out of tackle now, uh, those are some bare corners there of Mm. your outside shoulder. Mm. And so you've got to have good feet. And along with the good jam and you have to understand angles and all those things that go with it. So 
uh, a little tougher position to play. So normally what we do is we say, listen, if you, if you played tackle before, it's, it's easier to kick in the guard as long as you have enough lead in your pants there and can kind of honker down um, uh, uh, than it is to move from guard to tackle. I mean, it's just a different world out there at tackle. It was interesting to watch it. I'm going to review the video again to to uh, look at those guys. Chad Henney being ready, he was accurate to start. You had him in a – you were getting rid of the ball quick. He was firing it out of there. Uh, just him being ready and what he does every day to help this team, not just playing that game. Yeah, well, a lot of it's just his attitude. I mean, he's a tough kid, uh, but he's got a good personality. So, I mean, he's funny. If you ask who's the funniest kid in the quarterback <laughs> room, it's him. I mean, believe it or not, even with that – kind of East coast attitude that he has, you know, he, he still, uh, he still is a pretty funny guy. So, um, and the guys, the guys love, him. And, and then he gets in, he does this every day at practice where he goes out there and tries to shred the defense. And, and, uh, and, and then when he gets into a game, I mean, a lot of those guys are guys he worked, he's worked with and he gets in there and he does the same thing. I mean, his quarterback rating was like 111 plus, I think. So um, not a bad day going against uh, their defense. You mentioned D-Rob Pringle, um, and we talked about him a couple weeks ago, but even Pringle going into the playoffs, how many ways that he helps you or could help you win? Well, yeah, you get you get him on offense, but then you get him on special teams also. And so he can return or he can cover. Um, and... And then he's good with the ball in his hands. You you get him, get him the ball, and and he's normally going to make positive yards for you. And he's tough. You know, he's a tough kid. He he. he uh, and I know how much you like Kansas State, so <laughs> I mean, so it's it's a great thing for for the local universities here, both he and Durant, uh, being from Missouri. So uh, it's great for the local schools to have a guy that that plays like that. But coach, he reminds me of the pitch hitter at baseball. We had him on our uh, Chiefs Rewind show last night. Uh, he's the pinch hitter in baseball that doesn't Friday and Saturday doesn't play and Sunday comes out and gets the hit to knock in two runs to win the sweep the series. I mean, that's what Pringle reminds me of. He just seems to be ready when you say go. Yeah, everybody's got confidence in him, in particular the quarterbacks. So they know uh, he's going to be in the right place at the right time. And, and uh, once he gets the ball in his hands, he's, off to the races and he runs good so he's he's not you know he's not your fastest guy but he's not definitely not your slowest guy either so he he can scoot and uh and, and he's big those are all good things how much promise did you see in some of those young defensive guys i think a 90 tim ward never had a chance to play it's like just letting the hunting dog finally get out on the hunt uh or a guy like mike dan and how he's growing and then you you mentioned bo peep but some of those guys in the secondary you asked them to do a whole lot more than you've ever asked him to do yeah, well, uh, Ward. I mean, Tim. He he was a basketball player too. So you got a good athlete who's tall, uh, and has just shown improvement throughout being here, and works so hard on the scout team every day uh, that we were we we're anxious to see him play. You know, we want to see what he could do in a situation where he wasn't playing off a card. Uh, but he was, had to actually make a decision, uh, run or pass, and that whole transition that you've got to make, uh, playing the run, but, oh, it's a play action <clears throat> or a drop-back pass. Now you got to transition into the throw, uh, into, your, into your rush. Uh, and, 
and he, I thought he handled that well. He had one nice inside move on a guy. And, you know, he was, he was around the quarterback. So that's something that uh, Brendan Daly, our, our defensive line coach, can work with and, uh, and, you know, just keep getting them better. Well, now we transition. You've got to check all these boxes. The first box we talked about, you've got to win the division. It's always been a priority. Uh, you drilled that in our head in 2013. Done. Five years in a row. All right, check the box. You've got to get the buy. Hard to get, man. Hard to get. Uh, same for Green Bay on the NFC side. Check that box. Now it's the transition to playoff time. And I know getting this buy is just sweet. But how you maximize this week, even if it's to maximize rest, the approach uh, this week to get ready to go to indeed run it back. Yeah. So we had a virtual meeting with the players this morning and kind of set the, the format and the itinerary for them going forward here this week. We'll get a couple practices in, but they're going to have time off. So Monday through Wednesday is time off. How you handle that's important. Um, but that you truly rest, um, that you stay COVID free the best way you possibly can. And, um, uh, that you, you come back with, with energy. I mean, that's why we're doing this. It's, it's uh, to ramp up uh, for next Saturday or not this coming one, but the following Saturday or Sunday. And, and so that's, it's, and they'll take you right, right through the playoffs there. And, uh, but we're going to try to get you max, uh, that max performance level once you hit the field in a couple of weeks. One of the things that's always impressed me now watching this for eight years is how you almost treat your coaches like an academy. Uh, you have guys at different layers of their careers, almost like players, that you would give additional responsibility for. How, do a, how does your coaching staff approach this week? We know next week and once we find out this week and who we play, but giving responsibility, growing young coaches, because you've done it now for 21 years. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, you know that you've got – really four teams. So you're going to play the lowest seeded team. That's what, <clears throat> that's what the number one seed gets. And so you're looking at Indiana being the seventh seed. You're looking at Cleveland being the sixth seed, Baltimore being the fifth and Tennessee being the fourth. So you're going to probably play one of those four. I mean, that that's what, what you're going to get. And, and so with that, um, you go through and you make sure you know those four teams, at least have a foundation that you can build on. We won't know if we're playing Saturday or Sunday. We might know who we play, but we don't know what day we'll end up playing. So you, but that's here and or there. That didn't help you necessarily get ready for the team or not get ready for them. But you, you just get yourself a good foundation. So once you find out who that team is this next Sunday, uh, then you're ready to hit it. And, Whatever day they put you on, then you, you you'll take care of business there. So uh, that's just how uh, that's how all that that works. But I've always that's, been I've been yeah, fascinated yeah. though. There, there's a like a day at camp you'll have our OTAs like Charger Day, and, and nobody kind of knows that except you. But how much do you test guys, even as coaches? You go, I'm going to give a little more responsibility here, even subtly, not telling me it's my test, but saying, hey, I've got this. I'm going to give you this responsibility. You got the Browns here, uh, and you're going to scout them. We're relying on you if we have to play the Browns. How much do you are you able to test your guys, even in a subtle matter, uh, to keep this coach's academy? Yeah, so everybody has a piece of the pie here. So um, we we give everybody like a in this case a uh, a phase of the game that they're responsible for. So go through uh, 
those four teams, analyze your spots, your responsibilities, and then when we get together, we can jointly put it together and, and roll with it. So that's, uh, you know, that's kind of what we do. And it, it's fascinating. I just, yeah. it, it's really a subtle story that I don't, it's, and it's great to see you're not afraid to develop guys. You're not, I mean, um, it's, it's just awesome to see it. And as a player, uh, you mentioned the rest, but the playoffs, just the fans, we'll get into the opponent next week, but to win playoff football, which you've done now for two decades, to win playoff football games, what are the minimum requirements? Well, um, I, I think if you if you had to narrow some things down, uh, you'd say to be humble, be team oriented, right? so selfless that way. Uh, but at the same time, get yourself right. Make sure that you're ready uh, to go here. You got potentially three games if you do it right um, that you need to be ready for. And there's no more important one than the first one. And so have yourself, uh, and we have another layer to this now, have yourself ready to go. So whether it's physically, mentally, and I, I'd add in there that whole COVID thing is a, a different deal. That can knock you down in a, in a second. So, mm-hmm. uh, and it not only takes you down, but it takes all those around you down. And that's, uh, that's not good. We see it throughout the league, throughout the year here. So, yeah. Uh, You've got to make sure that you're ready all, all the way around. And there's a certain dedication that it takes these next three weeks. So, um, and like I said, if you, if you, if you put my, you know, put me up against the wall, I tell you, Hey, stay humble and work hard and make sure you, you're, you know, physically and mentally that you're ready to roll. Well, thanks for being with us tonight. I hope the kingdom knows. I mean, you just bust your tail for all of us. We get the benefit of you just busting it. Hopefully you get a chance to exhale a little here in the next 48 hours or so. Uh, but appreciate you being with us tonight. Let's let's get after it. Yeah, well, we appreciate all the fans and the support they've given us. I know the numbers are limited, but you guys are loud. I mean, I see our players uh, raising their arms, and uh, there's 15,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs, and that's a beautiful thing, so. Uh, we appreciate that. Appreciate those redheads out there, too. <laughs> They're out there, Coach. They are out there and ready for the playoffs. Uh, we'll be back with Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker Jan Stenerud to talk about their run to a championship and how tough it is to defend it. We'll be back after this. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Second down goal to go for the Chiefs inside the one. 7-7 seven, seven tie, early second. Thompson gets it this time and plows into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Off contact, rolls off the block and into the end zone. Hear this, it's the backups. Two drives, two Chiefs touchdowns. And we're thinking that uh, could be a special night for those Chiefs backups. Two drives, two touchdowns. Chad Henney did an excellent job. You heard Coach Reed talk about his passer rating. And the offensive line I was really intrigued with, especially Yasir Durant, who had played tackle at Mizzou, played tackle when called upon uh, earlier this year, moved to the guard spot, and Martinez Rankin, who did a great job for the Chiefs last year at guard for a couple of games, and he tore up his knee in that Tennessee loss in early November, was playing tackle, where he played in the 2018 season a little bit for Houston. But it was mix and match and experimenting with the offensive line um, and some exciting moments there 
offensively. And on the defensive side, seeing guys like Mike Dana and Tim Ward step up, Darius Harris with a lot on his plate, and some young secondary guys like Bo Pete Keys, uh, Armani Watts asked to do things that, that they hadn't been uh, asked to do at this point in their career. So welcome back on our Chiefs Kingdom show. And a shout out again, our tonight's winner, Brenda Richardson from Kansas City, Missouri. She won our private Hy-Vee Chiefs Kingdom Zoom call. Zoom call. She's got uh, a Zarda barbecue catered by Hy-Vee sent to her place for her and nine of her socially distanced friends. She'll also get an autographed 8 by 10 uh, autograph of a Chiefs player. You too could be a part of our a Chiefs Kingdom private Zoom call. Just register at your local Hy-Vee or check out your local Hy-Vee Facebook page and you might join us next week as you get ready for the divisional playoff game. And the Chiefs, the number one seed with the bye this week, they can play either the four, five, six, or seven seed. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But now... We want to open the curtain and remind you that our player interviews all year long brought to you by Hellsburg for 100 years, 200 locations in the Chiefs Kingdom. Amazing uh, folks at Hellsburg and sponsors and proud sponsors of the Kansas City Chiefs. And our uh, guest tonight on our Hellsburg line is Jan Stenerud, the pro football Hall of Fame kicker hero of Super Bowl IV championship. And uh, he's been a great leader uh, in the Chiefs organization after he's played and in our community and has done an amazing job with his life after football and, of course, during football. Uh, really one of the first premier, if not the premier, initial premier place kicker in the history of the National Football League and the American Football League. Welcome now, Pro Football Hall of Famer Jan Stenerud. Jan, thanks for joining us tonight. Oh, Mitch, it's a pleasure. How are you? Hanging in there, pal. That's the operative <laughs> phrase during COVID because every day is a different day. Uh, a new day and sometimes a day to just kind of figure out how to get on the air sometimes. How have you? Uh, well, ha- how are you hanging in there with COVID? Well, I've been very careful and I don't have to, I don't have to go anyplace of <laughs> significance. Uh, you know, I'm retired. I don't have a job anymore, Mitch. So I got it. But anyway, we, we, no, I'm I'm very careful. I take this pretty seriously, and it's. Uh, uh, but most of the fall, I was able to break off, and I enjoyed not so much the game itself, not that good. But anyway, I enjoyed being with my friends and being out in fresh air and compete a little bit, and, and of course, following the Chiefs is the most exciting team that I think I've ever seen, Mitch. Well, I'm too being careful, been on quasi-quarantine now for about five months. If you're going to be around the team, you've got to take it seriously. And our team has done a great job really in handling it. But let me ask you, just the excitement of seeing the Chiefs win Super Bowl 54 last February and what it meant to maybe conjure up some thoughts of when you guys won Super Bowl Four. Well, uh, of course, I was at the game. It's been, uh, uh, gosh, 50 years. To me, it isn't that long, but... Uh, it was so, it was so darn exciting. I've been to the uh, you know quite a few Super Bowls over the years, and fortunate in this particular time, I was guest to the NFL as part of the hundred year hundred year team. So Bobby and, and Willie and I and, and Buck's widow Georgia and, and Tony Gonzalez, we were guests of the NFL, so we had a real good seat and enjoyed it very very much. But that made it pretty exciting. And right before that long pass is Tyreek Hill. Like everybody else, I mean, I was wondering. I was wondering <laughs> if they were able, to, <laughs> if they were able to come back again. But, but they did. But it's remarkable. I, I am not one that uh, scream and yell when we do certain things. But I had to admit, it was, it was so thrilling and so exciting. And I was there with Bobby and Willie, as I said, and we were, 
we were just like we had won the game. It was so exciting, and uh, just the way the uh, the whole team, the guys are, are behaving and handling themselves, and of course the organization is terrific. Uh, you know, Clark has done such a great job, and the coaching staff led by Andy Reid is second to none. So the whole thing, it couldn't have been more exciting and couldn't be more pleasing to to watch these young people do what they did because it is so difficult to win in the, in the National Football League. Every Sunday, it is very difficult to win a game. And you go all the way and win the Super Bowl, uh, I'm so happy for them. I'm so happy for them. And, and uh, this quarterback, like I mentioned earlier, he's probably the most exciting player I've seen in Washington football for about 60 years. But they have so many, they have so many great players, and uh, it's just really been fun to watch in the last few years. I think there's some poetic justice there for you guys being there on the all 100-year team. Because didn't you guys miss the parade in 19 the, <laughs> after the Super Bowl four championship? Weren't you in the AFL uh, All-Star game, you and Willie and, and Bobby? Didn't you miss the game? Well, uh, there were quite a us. There were quite a few of us. And, and the Super Bowl was played in Tulane Stadium. This was, you know, about six, seven years before the, the Superdome was built. But it was a big stadium, 80,000 people, 81,000, I think. And, of course, they won the game, and then the team traveled back the next day, but there were seven or eight of us that were picked for the All-Star game. We flew on that Monday morning. We flew to Houston because the All-Star game was at the Astrodome. And I remember I'm looking at my picture in my office at home here. I know, I know uh, I'm know, i sure Curly was part of that team. I know Jim Tyre was part of that team. Mike Livingston was part of that team, of a backup quarterback, because he came back. And did such a great job, and Lenny was hurt for six games. And uh, I think Gerald Wilson was down there with me, and and, uh, and Willie, of course, and Emmett, I believe. So, so the, the the six or seven or eight of us were picked for the AFL All-Star game. We did not we did not get to uh, to do the parade. And of course, this year they asked us to to join, which we quietly did and appreciated very much. But. And the parade then was right downtown, and they, they you know, organized this in just a few hours in 1970. And uh, from what I see on television, it was pretty spectacular then, but it was a lot bigger this year. There's no question about that. But there's justice here, my friend, justice, because you got to be at Super Bowl 54, <laughs> you guys, and you got to you get know, your, Willie, finally got Willie, your parade. Willie, Willie Lanier had mentioned this to, I think, Clark. Or somebody yeah. in the organization during the season, I guess Willie was thinking about this could be, this could be <laughs> repeat, and he told somebody that we had missed the parade. <laughs> so we were we were invited to do that, and it, anyway, it was fun, very much so. But how much, how awesome was it that the Hunt family and Clark Hunt in specific made everybody feel like they won that game? Didn't you feel that? Like the, you felt like you were a part of that team winning that game. Yeah, the Chiefs. The Chiefs have done such a great job, and also the, well, you know, the fans are just phenomenal. But I got here, I mentioned 1967, the Chiefs had just played Super Bowl one against the Packers, and they lost. But even then, I can remember walking into a, to a store someplace, and somebody said there was maybe a Chiefs in the, in the store, and you didn't know how to act for that matter. But it was right at the time when the, the football and the Chiefs became so. Big in this town, and the same, every stadium or every game that they played in, in that time in the, in the early 70s and late 60s was packed. And, I, and, the, and the, the Chiefs fans 
That has been fantastic. They care so much about the team. And for people that don't, uh, don't, don't know that, I could just go to the Arrowhead Stadium in normal times and, and, and feel the excitement and see the, the red CEO people. And it's, it's a fabulous place to have been on the football team. I was so fortunate to get here right at the right time in, in 1967 when they were just starting to become really good. Again, our guest tonight on this Get Ready for the Playoffs edition of the Chiefs Kingdom Show is Pro Football, Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker Jan Stenerud. Jan already alluded to how tough it is to repeat, how tough the National Football League is to win every week. We're going to get into that a little bit more, plus get his thoughts on Harrison Butker, the Chiefs place kicker, as we'll continue with Jan Stenerud after this on the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Second and 16 for Justin Herbert, a three-wide look for the tight end right. Herbert retreating into the pocket, bull rushed, steps up into the pocket, and he'll go down. Alex Okafor, along with Ward. Okafor will probably get the sack. Welcome back to our Chiefs Kingdom show on this Get Ready for the Playoffs Monday night. The Chiefs close out the regular season at 14-2, the best regular season in the 61-year history of the Dallas Texans slash Kansas City Chiefs. With us is Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker for the next several minutes, Jan Stenerud. Jan, I'm going to switch gears here because you talked about how tough it is to win in this league. For the Chiefs to go 14-2 in this regular season has been uh, a challenge. But the year after you guys won Super Bowl four, you went 7-5-2 and two, but played a very tough schedule. It was the first year after the merger. They put the Colts from the NFL into the AFC you had to play the Colts and the Cowboys that year. They played in the Super Bowl five. The Raiders were really good. What do you remember about that next season trying to repeat as a champion and how difficult it was? Well, you know, Hank had warned us because every team we played, it was almost, you know, they were their Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl champ, obviously. Uh, I do remember the Monday night game in 1970. That's when Monday night started in 1970, the next season. And the second game ever played on Monday Night Football was in Baltimore, the Chiefs against the Baltimore Colts. The first game was played in Cleveland. And uh, it was, uh, I think it was the New York Jets against Cleveland. But what I remember most about that game in Baltimore, we won big, we won 44 to 24 or something. But Johnny United was the big, big star, big of the biggest stars in football at the time, or one of the biggest stars, certainly. And in pregame introduction, I never heard a, a louder roar for a hometown hero than Johnny United. Well, he was picked off three times in the first half, and he got two of them by Johnny Robinson. And I remember the crowd booed him almost out of the stadium, which I thought was <laughs> remarkable. And then Earl Morrill got in and finished the game. Uh, I do. I, I didn't even recall that it was seven and five and two in that board the next year. We did play the tough schedule, but. Um, you know, I imagine we had some close games. I don't remember all of them, but it is tough to repeat. And particularly this year, too, uh, when the competition is even stiffer than ever. Of course, the NFL, as you well know, um, has done such a great job of making it so competitive. But that's been going on for a lot of years, the way the draft is set up. So the worst team get the first pick and then the salary cap. Everybody has to spend the same kind of money. So the team that has the best job, and if they... 
uh, you know, you don't get dev- devastated by injuries, have a chance. But it is tough to repeat. And, and it, that showed several times this year. We got favored by quite a bit. And somehow we snuck by the one thing about this team, and then we were the same in those days, they must truly believe they can win. And that everybody on the team, everybody on the field feels that way. It, it makes a difference towards the end. Going back to that 70 season, Coach Stram warned you, but did you notice that teams were loading up on you? Because, honestly, this team, this Chiefs team this season, and talking to the players on this show and other interviews, teams are throwing uh, different looks. Let's say the offensive line. They're getting different defensive looks than they've seen at any time during the year during their study. Did you notice that with the 70 team? Like, you people were just loading up on you like it was the game of the year for them. Well, I think I think because they were playing the the, the Super Bowl champs, you know, this was this was their, their biggest game on their schedule during the season, so they they always did their very best. So they never could sneak up on anybody. That's for sure. Uh, as far as noticing this thing, the the alignment of the offensive defensive line and those things that they did match, I was fairly new in football and I didn't pay much attention to that. I just knew that the other team. They wanted to beat us in the worst way. And we had a lot of rivalry back in those days, you know, particularly with the Raiders, of course, and, and San Diego and Denver, just like they had now. But they did, they did play a tough schedule, and they, they, they tried to beat us like it was their Super Bowl. And what do you remember, too? That was the year of the famous Raider game, a showdown game, I believe, in December, where Ben Davidson it, tried to it, it tear was, up Len Dawson's back, and then Otis Taylor retaliated, and the penalty actually ended up helping the Raiders win that game. But what do you remember about well, that? Because that was a showdown game. I do remember we were leading 17-14, uh, and we were driving, and I thought I was going to go in and try another field goal. And then Lenny is being uh, speared by Ben Davidson. And, of course, uh, Otis didn't like that, and he, he came over and started swinging at Ben, and, and all the benches in those days, all the benches emptied, and everybody's swinging. I had probably the smallest guy on the field with a single bar, and I remember running into George Bland out there, and he said, what the hell are you doing out here? And I remember <laughs> answering George, and said, George, I'm keeping an eye on you. But anyway, somehow we got penalized two 15-yard penalties. Yeah. And they got into field goal position, and, and George Bland, up at 48, 49 yards, the goalposts were on the goal line in those days, and Morris Stroud was standing, he was 6'10", he was standing under the goalpost, and the ball was about an inch over his fingertips, and over the crossbar, and it was 17-17. And of course, in those days, the game ended in a tie. They didn't have overtime games yet then. So that's what and I that tie, about that. that tie kept you out of the playoffs, because I think the... Uh, the uh, Raiders finished maybe just one game ahead of you, but that tie uh, kept you out of trying to repeat for Super Bowl four in Super Bowl five. So amazing season, but man, you guys had a, a tough schedule in front of you. I want to ask you about Harrison Buckner. Every time that I get a chance to talk to you, I love to talk to you about Harrison. And he had the two fifty-eight yard field goals to beat the Chargers in Week Two. Uh, just to, what do you see in him? And uh, what I love about him in studying your career, same way, and I know this you're this way in golf, the competitiveness in Harrison Bucker and the way he competes as tough as anybody on that team. Well, I think to begin with, the, the, the kick in the NFL, you've got to be pretty competitive because you usually have competition in the offseason, in camp, 
and uh, and you're competing against somebody equal to your talent, pretty much, or close to it, just to win the job. At least that's how it used to be, and it still is. They they go through a lot of look a lot a lot of other kickers doing it off season. So you had to be ready to compete from day one in training camp, just to just to fight for your life, and keep your job. But he is, of course, he's competitive, and he's also very talented. And if I were to pick any kicker in the league, uh, I know that the Tucker in Baltimore has maybe been uh, mentioned most often as the best kicker in football the last couple of years. But I wouldn't trade him for, for Harrison Butker. Harrison, I think, is a little bit stronger. He's very talented. He's very good. And he's a wonderful, wonderful young guy. And uh, I've just been around him a few times, and every time I'm around him, I'm very impressed, impressed by him, and I'm, I'm his biggest fan. Jan, I want to ask you about him hitting pressure kicks and, and leading it into you, because I remember Super Bowl four. I wasn't I was in elementary school, nobody else was watching it. They thought we were gonna get smoked. And I said, Nope, Jan just hit another field goal, we're up nine to nothing, meaning that's a two possession lead. Every one of those kicks you made were pressure pack kicks, even in the playoffs, those games against Oakland and the Jets, uh, to get to the uh, Super Bowl four championship. Kicking pressure kicks in the playoffs. Uh, what about what you see in Harrison and what you had to do, and how did you get your mind right for the playoffs? Well, it is, it, it's, uh, you know, every game, to me, whether it's a playoff or not, you, I knew from experience that uh, now the, the first, the only game I think I was really nervous for before the game was the Super Bowl. I played in 200 and almost 300 games in my career, but I remember being nervous before that game. But, but also when the game starts, I always, you always have a little bit, Uneasy on the sideline when the team is driving, you know it's going to be a field goal. Didn't have warm-up nets, you know. There was no nets on the sideline, and they didn't have the <laughs> kicking balls. You just you just stood there and stretched the best you could, and uh, went in there. But I also knew that once they uh, that Hank was a field goal team, once you get you know run onto the field and, and get the huddle and they they call field goal, I, uh, all you were thinking about then is. Uh, is making the kick and his rhythm and timing. But I, I had very little experience when I got into the league. And the very first kick I ever tried in, in uh, pro football, I missed it. And I knew that I rushed myself. I was kicking a little bit faster than what you do in practice. So I, I learned, but it was nobody I could talk to. I, I didn't see anybody. I didn't know any other kickers. I didn't know anybody that kicks soccer style. There's only three or four of us in the whole league. So I pretty much had to pick this up on myself. But I, I remember getting one tip, though, from from Hank Stram, he said, how much do you know about baseball? I said, well, I know a little bit. And he said, no, he's making Mantelis. Yeah, I know he's making Mantelis. And he said, I got to a lot of games, baseball games, and Mickey is 0 for 3. But if he gets the bat in the ninth inning, somehow, some way, he's going to get a hit. And he was trying to tell me that what you do earlier in the game is not going to be a factor. you you got to try to block that out and not become a factor and cause you to miss other kicks. Now, I've been in that situation many, many times, and I think I had missed maybe two or so out of 30, and I missed the famous one, as you all know, and, and it still stinks, been pretty good. But I don't think the nerves really had much to do with it at that time. And also, one thing about, you saw the kick the other day from Kid Ricochet off the goalpost. The, sometimes the kick is, there's only one or two inches difference between big success and big failure. So you just go do the best you can, and, and and hope that your talent and your that your practice is going to carry you through. 
Jan, I can't thank you enough for being with us tonight. Perfect guest to have to get kicking off our playoff coverage. We appreciate not only what you did as a chief and throughout your career as a pro football Hall of Fame career, but the way you stayed involved in our community and what you've done to help people. So God bless you, brother. You've represented Norway very well, and thanks for being with us tonight. Mitch, I enjoy listening to you, and I thank you and the Chiefs fans and the whole organization. It has been a blast. I've been very fortunate. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pro Football Hall of Fame kicker Jan Stenerud will close things out on our Chiefs Kingdom show. After this, you're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Now back to Mitch Holtis and the Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Third down and seven for the Chiefs at the eight of the Chargers. In the pocket, left side throwing the flat. Cut by Thompson, angling left, touchdown, Kansas City! As Darwin Thompson, little termite touchdown on a left side throw, and the Chiefs get a touchdown the first since early in the game. The D-Train, the termite, whatever you want to call him, call it a touchdown. Coach loves to call him the termite. You can call him the D-Train. But uh, put center stage as the RB1 yesterday and responded with 111 all-purpose yards, getting it done on the ground and as a receiver yesterday and getting some confidence back as the Chiefs uh, made a run at the Chargers. Now the game was tied 14-14 with 151 to go in the second quarter. Uh, the Chiefs, though, finished 14-2 and in the regular season. Again, the best regular season in Kansas City Chiefs history. All right, the Chiefs do not play this week, and, and here we go. Just going to lay it out for you. They can play in the divisional playoff round a week from this weekend. That's the weekend of the 16-17 January weekend. They could play either the four-seed Tennessee or the five-seed Baltimore. Now, those two teams play at noon on Saturday. However... If Cleveland beats Pittsburgh for the second time in two weeks, that game is Sunday night, and Buffalo beats Indianapolis, then the Chiefs will play Cleveland. If Indianapolis, as a seven seed, upsets Buffalo, that is a Sunday at noon, then uh, the Chiefs will play Indianapolis. It's actually reseeded after the first week. Um, and so... Uh, Chiefs could play either the four seed, five seed, six seed, or the seven seed. And the day and time for the divisional playoff game will not be set for the Chiefs game until Sunday night after that Cleveland Pittsburgh game, which was the final game of the six. Really exciting wild card weekend. Three games on Saturday, three on Sunday, three in the AFC, three in the NFC. Green Bay is the one seed, of course, in the NFC. And the Chiefs with the hard fought, hard earned one seed. Uh, in the AFC, and they will await their opponent after what happens this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. Just a reminder now, the Chiefs are 4-1 and one in their last five playoff games. 3-1 and one at Arrowhead. A lot of my focus over the next two weeks, and I'm doing my Minute with Mitch features uh, next week on both television and on radio on this network, about this thought. In 55 seasons, the Chiefs had only won two home playoff games. Now, I'm going to explore this more next week, but the Kansas City Chiefs under Andy Reid have not only made history the last three seasons, and I've laid out almost week by week, month by month, season by season, 2018-19, uh, and this year, how they have changed history. But in the words of that great philosopher, Patrick Mahomes, it's go time. Because the Chiefs not only have made history, they're changing history. 
Get ready for the playoffs. It's go time. Time to run it back. And thanks for listening on the Kansas City Chiefs. You've been listening to the Chiefs Kingdom Show, presented by Bad Boy Mowers. Bad Boy Mowers, proud partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs Kingdom is bad boy country. Mow with an attitude. And by High V. The world's best tailgating begins at High V. Proud official grocery sponsor of the Kansas City Chiefs. You're listening to exclusive coverage of Chiefs football. Hey, it's Carrington Harrison from The Drive on 610 Sports Radio, the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Every Monday at 2.15, we sit down for an exclusive interview with Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. The only place in Kansas City, it's the only place in the country where you're going to hear a weekly conversation with the Chiefs franchise quarterback. Make sure to set a reminder, but if you missed the interview at 2.15, you can catch the replay at 5.15 on your drive home. Number 15 at 2.15 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. This is the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.